Welcome to Falling for Jesus. I'm Isabel. Every week at Falling for Jesus, we will be diving into a chapter of Scripture and breaking down the Bible to learn more of our God and falling in love with Jesus. For points of reference, I will be reading the New Living Translation version of the Bible. Join me in using your Bible or click to the YouTube link where the podcast will be posted with follow-along text to read the word as we go along. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for your glory and for uniting us once more to be able to dive into your word and learn from you and grow from you. Lord Jesus Christ, teach us how to not be afraid. Teach us how to be bold in our faith and how to always, always trust in you and not our own understanding. And let's pray the prayer Jesus taught us to our Father. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hello to all of you listeners and welcome back to Falling for Jesus. This is another Faithful Friday where we are going to do another breakdown on a chapter in Genesis. Today we are tackling Genesis 15. Just to summarize some things that we've been talking about these past few weeks, we've talked about our allies, we've talked about the invaders of our lives, and we've talked about the grace of when we give. This week, as we are reading Genesis 15, we will be reading another story of Abram and a covenant that God gives to Abram. And it goes like this. Genesis 15, the Lord's covenant promised to Abram. Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, Do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you, and your reward will be great. But Abram replied, O sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? Since you've given me no children, Eliezer of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all my wealth. You have given me no descendant of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. Then the Lord said to him, No, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. And Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord accounted him as righteous because of his faith. Then the Lord told him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land as your possession. But Abram replied, O sovereign Lord, how can I be sure that I will actually possess it? The Lord told him, Bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. So Abram presented all these to him and killed them. Then he cut each animal down the middle and laid the halves side by side. He did not, however, cut the birds in half. Some vultures swooped down to eat the carcasses, but Abram chased them away. As the sun was going down, Abram fell into a deep sleep, and a terrifying darkness came down over him. 
Then the Lord said to Abram, You can be sure that your descendants will be strangers in a foreign land, where they will be oppressed as slaves for four hundred years. But I will punish the nation that enslaves them, and in the end they will come away with great wealth. As for you, you will die in peace and be buried at a ripe old age. After four generations, your descendants will return here to this land, for the sins of the Amorites do not yet warrant their destruction. After the sun went down and darkness fell, Abram saw a smoking firepot and a flaming torch pass between the halves of the carcasses. So the Lord made a covenant with Abram that day and said, I have given this land to your descendants all the way from the border of Egypt to the great Euphrates River, the land now occupied by the Kenites, Kenizzites, Cadmonites, Hittites, Perizzites, Raphaites, Amorites, Canaanites, Girgashites, and Jebusites. The word of the Lord. Amen. Thanks be to God. In reading the first phrase of this reading, I resonated so well with Abraham because he does the human thing. The human thing is, as we're going to call it, is to simply be miserable and not take into account the whole picture God is molding in our lives. The Lord goes and speaks to Abram in a vision as it states in Genesis 15 verse 1. It says, sometimes later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, do not be afraid, Abram. For I will protect you, and your reward will be great. And naturally so, Abram says in Genesis 15, verses 2 to 3. But Abram replied, O sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? Since you've given me no children, Eliezer of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all my wealth. You have given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. And then the Lord replies to him in Genesis 15 verses 4 to 5. Then the Lord said to him, No, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. And then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. And that back and forth ends with Abram basically saying, Okay, I believe you, Lord. In reading this exchange, it dawned on me that many things like Abram we don't know. God's promises come in abundance, yet the nitty-gritty of how it's going to get there, we don't know. Personally, in many of my life's trials and not knowing, I have been surprised by God and how things happen and play out. And I have learned what it says Abram did in this chapter. I learned to believe. Oftentimes, I've come across passages in the Bible that say, you've been blessed because you have believed. Matter of fact, we're going to, to Luke 1. And Luke 1, Mary, the mother of the Lord, is chosen by him to conceive Jesus. She says yes, and then she goes on to visit her cousin Elizabeth, who is older than her, and finally has conceived the child as well, which is Elizabeth's child, being John the Baptist. In Luke 1, verse 45, it says, You are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. A big part of our faith is in believing what the Lord has already promised to us. The truth part is that because we live in this world and we see many scary things, we let our belief be determined by what we see and not the power of God's word. When God says he is going to do something, he will do it. When Jesus is teaching us about God the Father and how we, how he will end up in the cross, it does happen. The Lord's word is precious because he delivers when he says he will and continuously sees us through. Now, Abram, 
doing the human thing. I do the human thing. I have found plenty of people do the human thing. And it consists of this. I was reading one of the Bible plans in a year on the YouVersion app and came across an interesting analogy. It goes like this. In life, we are always running on two tracks. It's like a balance of sorts. On one end, maybe your career is booming, but your relationship with your family is terrible and has to be mended. Or in one season, you're very healthy, but haven't had as much job opportunities. Or maybe in one season, you get all the job opportunities you want and you're making all the money you enjoy to have, but you can't spend time with the people you love because you've been very busy working the whole time. So let's dissect Abram. Abram at this point was at the top of his game. He had his flocks, his wife, the tribe that was most probably left behind by his father, the soldiers that helped him get Lot out of his kidnapping situation last chapter, and all these blessings the Lord kept promising to Abram. The chapter starts with a promise. The Lord says in the first verse, do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you and your reward will be great. And Abram does the thing and says, well, good are all your blessings if I do not have a son. This teaches us how one-track-minded we are, how if we don't have that one thing that we so desperately want, we cancel the beauty of all the other really awesome stuff God is doing in our lives. It challenges me to really pause and see the whole picture in its entirety. For us, this moment of our lives is only this singular moment. For God, each moment is a catalyst that will propel us to be ready and able to receive all that God is doing in our lives. In order to do that, we are required only one thing that comes from us. We need to believe. And belief comes with every trial, journey, and all the things that life throws our way because many times it is not easy. But just like God is constant in bringing his peace in my life, in all of our lives, we need to be bold and constantly believe in him for his hand to guide each aspect of our lives. As we further read into the chapter, the Lord is so beautiful. He says in Genesis 15, verse 7, Then the Lord told him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land as your possession. Abram replies in verse 8, but Abram replied, Oh, sovereign Lord, how can I be sure that I will actually possess it? How can I be sure? I don't know of you all, but I know I have asked myself this question many, many times. How can I be sure? How can I be sure that this storm too shall pass? How can I be sure that my life will get better? How can I be sure that the promise is real? And in those moments, I dive deep into prayer. I read my Bible and I remind myself of what I know in every fabric of my being that I am sure of. I am sure that because God helped Moses part the seas, he will move in my situation. I am sure that because Jesus redeemed all of humanity, he will redeem me too. I am sure that just like the bird and animals are fed and clothed, God too will supply my needs. I am sure in the great I am. He is the great I am and the one who continuously speaks blessings over my life. And because he does, I am sure that anything he brings my way, he will hold my hand through. For those who are not familiar with the I am phrasing, it is a terminology God used when he spoke with Moses in Exodus chapter 3 verse 13 to 14 but Moses protested 
If I go to the people of Israel and tell them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. So God then gives a ritual for Abram to perform. The ritual consists of getting a three-year-old heifer, female goat, ram, and turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Abram presented those animals to God and then kills them, and he splits them in half. Abram then falls asleep, and the Lord comes to assure him in Genesis 15, verse 13 to 16. Then the Lord said to Abram, You can be sure that your descendants will be strangers in a foreign land where they will be oppressed as slaves for 400 years. But I will punish the nation that enslaves them. And in the end, they will come away with great wealth. As for you, you will die in peace and be buried at a ripe old age. After four generations, your descendants will return here to this land for the sins of the Amorites do not yet warrant their destruction. Once Abram is awake, he sees a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch passing through the carcasses. This is when God made a covenant to Abram. The difference between covenant and promise is like the difference between an engagement ring and a wedding ring. The engagement ring symbolizes a great hope, like a promise, and the covenant wedding ring symbolizes an unbreakable commitment. This ceremony is a covenant-making ceremony. In Judaism, it is called the covenant between the pieces. When people would cut up the animals and walk between them, it meant, if I do not keep my covenant commitments, may I be killed like these animals. It was like calling down a curse to yourself, like the cross my heart and hope to die thing we may have done as kids. The torch and fire represented God's presence. Fire is a signal of God's presence in the Bible. We then see him as a pillar of fire that led Israel out of Egypt, or when Moses sees the tree lit on fire while he is speaking to God. When the burning torch and fire pot moved between the pieces, it was God saying, if I don't keep my word to you, Abram, may I be cut to pieces just like these animals. So in this way, God is coming down to the human level, to Abram's level, and doing something that Abram will understand. Coming down to a human level is what the scholars call divine condensation. This covenant, which makes Abram family to God, and in it we see God promise him his son, possessing lots of land and lots of people, the the key ingredients to making a great nation. All in all, this chapter moved me in not being afraid and jumping into the adventures God has ready for me. It made me curious and searching. Do not be afraid in the YouVersion app. And these are some of the verses that spark to me. It says in Deuteronomy 3, chapter 3, verse 22. Do not be afraid of the nations there, for the Lord your God will fight for you. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 5. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will gather you and your children from east and west. Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And like these three, there are so much verses in the Bible that have the phrase, do not be afraid in them. This week, search some of those verses up and see how they move you and urge you to move while holding the hands of God. Now for the closing prayer. We will say the prayer by Thomas Merton again that we had said previously last week. And it goes like this. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord God, I have no idea where I am going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end, nor do I really know myself. 
and the fact that I think I am following your will does not mean that I am actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you, and I hope I have that desire in all that I am doing. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire, and I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may know nothing about it. Therefore, I will trust you always. Though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death, I will not fear, for you are ever with me, and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. Thank you for joining me this week on Falling for Jesus. Subscribe to the podcast, YouTube page, and follow us on Instagram to be updated for more. Links will be posted on the description box. God bless and keep on falling for Jesus.